Welcome to Courtside with Kemper with Thundering Herd women's basketball head coach, Tony Kemper. Wheeler, working against Danielson, drives in, gets the floater over top of Nelson, and one, she'll go to the line. Colclaw with the left hook, got it. Kennedy Colclaw with eight of the 14 for the Herd. Three on the clock, Wheeler, mid-range, elbow jumper, good at the buzzer. Welcome to Courtside with Kemper, with Marshall Women's Basketball Head Coach Tony Kemper. I'm your host, Andrew Rogers. Heard Women's Basketball is now 6-1 in Conference USA play after defeating Florida International on Thursday, 62-59, and Florida Atlantic on Saturday, 57-44. Andrew Rogers here with Head Coach Tony Kemper. Coach, we'll start with the FIU game, and the game went in a different way than games have gone in the past, or at least these past few games. Usually it's the other team getting out to the good start. You guys kind of battle back and take control, but you guys get out to the quick start, go up double digits. I think at a lead as big as maybe 17, but FIU kind of crawls back in. How do you think your team handled kind of a different game script than uh, what was kind of accustomed to, I guess, from previous games? Well, I mean, I, I think it starts with we played well early in the game, mm-hmm. you know, and we built a, we did build a 17-point lead. I think I called a timeout of 40, 48-31, um, just trying to keep us, uh, keep us organized. And uh, it didn't work very well, you know, because from that point forward, there was, I think there was 14 minutes left in the game, and it was just kind of a slow drip of, you know, they would get a basket here and there, and um, we didn't make much in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, I, I, I always felt like sometimes when that stuff goes on, you, you feel like your your team gets a little rattled, and I, I think we certainly felt the pressure to finish it off, but I didn't really see... Um, us get too rattled. We just needed to make a couple more shots throughout the fourth mm-hmm. quarter, and there was just a couple moments where we turned it over and things like that. But um, I was proud of them for finding a way to finish it off and doing that without, um, you know, getting rattled. And uh, you know, it actually ended up a little bit. I mean, they hit a shot. And we we kind of kept them at the six four, mm-hmm. whatever. Even though they closed the gap, we we always. Um, for the most part, felt like we had a possession lead in here and there. So, good win. They're all good wins. Um, you know, like I said, leading into that, that was a team that had beat Middle Tennessee the last game out. So, they over the last couple of years, they've developed an identity. They know how to win games too. And um, I thought they played hard for 40 minutes. And it's good to get get out of there. You had mentioned FIU was going to play more of a pressure defense full court. They seem to change defenses a lot, especially in the second half. Uh, kind of a mixture between a, maybe a matchup zone, a run and jump in the half court, then back to the full court man. man how do you think uh, your team offensively and even the guards especially handled that pressure throughout the game? Pretty good. I, I mean, I think when you when you look at how many different things they tried to do and through the course of most of it, we built a, a pretty good size lead. I think that's a good sign. Um, you know, I really felt like part of the reason why we gave it back, we just, at some point in that game, we looked up there and we're like, you know, they're pressuring and we have a nice lead. I need to be super smart about what I do. Yeah. And we needed to keep a certain level of aggressiveness. And that's a, there's an art to that. You know, that's that's not an easy thing to do when, uh, when a team is so familiar with pressing. That is what they do, you know. And so they're used to playing a style that benefits them to come back in, in that kind of game. And, um, you know, I did think that, that we certainly – there was some point in time there where we tried to make a whole bunch of really 
really solid conservative decisions, and it's it is very hard to hold a lead when you're playing like that. Mm-hmm. Over on to the FAU game on Saturday ends up going to overtime, but uh, kind of a low scoring game throughout. Both teams, you guys and FAU, made some key shots down the stretch that eventually sent it to uh, overtime. But FAU doesn't score in overtime. What was the difference there, and what kept them off the scoreboard to help get you guys that overtime win? Yeah, I, I think just the combination of the maybe attrition, so to speak, of how we didn't play we didn't play great on offense the whole day and uh we just stayed in there i think and i i I think they stayed in there too for the most part and to a certain degree i think brief Furby hit a shot early in overtime that was a big shot um followed up by i think savannah got a driving layup and that put us up five and in that game a five-point lead was it just didn't happen um a two-possession lead for either one of us hadn't been um the case very much at all in that game so um you know i think to a certain degree we got just enough going to kind of break their back and take their spirit and um, we kept i thought we were pretty good defensively all day and um i thought we kept that up how important i mean we'll talk about how the, how important that was win was as we go on here but uh, to win a game like that at home maybe when you don't play as though you deserve to win, but to be able to slug one out and grind that game out to just get that home win because those are valuable and such a thing. How important was that? Even if you guys don't feel great with uh, getting and or how you produced the win, but just in general getting the W's. Yeah, that, they were, it was. I think to a certain degree it was that way all weekend. You know, yeah. both games a little bit. Um, we we know we probably didn't operate on our best for forty minutes, um, but that that's basketball though too. I mean, you have to win games ugly and um, I think that we're developing the ability to do that and I I appreciate the grit that this group's kind of going through learning um, we took some lumps early in the year mm-hmm. where we didn't show a lot of grit and you know I think they quickly learned how to how to get it where it comes from and um, we had a we had a good weekend that that should build confidence late games Back on the road now. You get Middle Tennessee State on Thursday, UAB Saturday. We'll start talking about Middle five and two in conference play. Could easily be seven and zero. Oh, a one point loss and a two point loss. Uh, so, what stands out to them on film that makes them really uh, a challenging opponent? I think early in the year you could see right away that Middle Tennessee was had rebuilt um, really well. You know, they won the the tournament last year and um, had quite a bit of roster turnover. It has not affected them at all. I think they're super talented, and um, they're they're always a very good defensive team. And that to me looks like that's back with a, with a vengeance. They're very good on the defensive end. They've got some size inside that makes it hard to get much done at the rim. And then um, you know their guards are hard playing, and they try to do some things on the defensive end to make it tough on you. So um, they're they're year in and year out. They're one of the best teams in the league, and really one of the best teams in mid-major women's basketball. So that's always a challenge to uh, just to play well in Murfreesboro, not not even necessarily talking about winning, just go in there and yeah. play well. And so it's a big week for us, and both games are going to be super challenging. You guys knocked them off last year, so what worked well last year? I know you said a lot of obviously a roster turnover and such thing, but what did you guys do well playing on the road at that place that allowed for success? Yeah, I think we just handled the moment pretty well last year. We, we played uh, – you know, we, we got them to miss some shots in the first game there, um, and we, we got it going to a certain degree in the first game. And then, um, you know, I think I'm every bit as proud of our second game effort up there 
um, a year ago than I was the first. We won the first game kind of going away, and yep. I think most people that follow it probably were like, well, Middle Tennessee is going to get the second one. You know, that's not going to happen twice. And it was a very tight game on day two, too. And um, they hit a big shot with a minute to go, which that, that happens sometimes, a one-point game. And yep. they had a post player hit a three that, um, you know, we, we to a certain degree that was one we, we were okay with giving up with a hand in their face, and they made it. And that's how they got us. So I, I think that there's no, there's no question that – that is a very challenging environment. And the last couple times we've been over there, we have handled that well. Um, this team has to rise to that occasion because it, everybody knows what what kind of place that is to play. And so that, I think that's kind of the first thing when you walk in there is, um, you know, there's a couple places in our league that have a bit of an aura when you walk in there that you have to tackle um, on the front end to play well. You had mentioned their defense, and I think they're one of the top three defenses in terms of allowing points per game in the conference this season. What stands out? What's on display for them defensively that makes them uh, so challenging to score against? Well, they play extremely hard to start with, and then they're just a tremendous help defensive team. So um, sometimes you feel like you can go places and get things done, and then they just kind of swallow you up with uh, with help and rotations and physicality that that makes it difficult so they they really uh they're going to contest every pass and they make it hard really hard to move the ball in spots of the floor so you have to be cognizant of that and how you're going to attack them moving forward and obviously when you look ahead and one game at a time obviously but a tough slate is coming up now next week you'll have old dominion and charlotte here two good teams in the east and it gets even tougher the rest of the way so even if it's a split this week, how do you avoid not losing both of these games and falling back? Because at 6-1 and one right now in the conference, that's still only good for third, believe it or not. And, and there's teams right behind you that are so close, too. Yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, right now, you know, specifically, I, I know the East better than the West. And we're going to play the East opponents twice. We play the West once. And uh, you just look at our league right now and the quality at the top of our side of it. Um, you know, Western is undefeated. Charlotte is undefeated. We've played seven games and only lost one. Old Dominion, I think, has played five and only lost one. And uh, might be one more that's up there. Uh, that might have been five schools. But there's a lot of um, good basketball teams in our league. And, you know, we're getting ready to start playing each other twice. And you, to a certain degree, I think – I don't think somebody's coming through the league this year with one or two losses. I, I think it's going to be um, – I don't know what the number is, four, five, something like that, I think is going to be up near the top of the league. And, um, you know, that, that remains to be seen. That's just kind of me looking at scores and different things that's going on. That mm-hmm. um, I think there's very, very good teams in it. I also think there's some parity that's developed at the top of it. Coach, thanks for the time. Good luck this week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the 11th edition of Courtside with Kemper. Stay tuned because Marshall against Middle Tennessee State from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, is next with Jason Courier on the call. Thank you for listening to Courtside with Kemper with Thundering Herd women's basketball head coach, Tony Kemper.